0: I think 40 years ago already there was something called the Lagos plan on the integration of the inter- Af- continent or the creation of the African economic area or something like that. But remember 40 years ago it would mean 1978 which means Mozambique, Zimbabwe South Africa were among the countries that were not yet free. So the dream of creating one African market would have been too idealistic at that time considering how divided the countries were. Now they are all in but the advantage was I think when the meeting happened in sharma sheikh in egypt about two years ago or 2015 i can't remember the exact date and the acceleration started happening towards the integration of this and i think it was because african leaders finally were realizing we are going to be the subject of america then europe then china we are never going to be able to control our fate and with the bricks maybe a block that is not even of countries that are in the same geographic area was showing that without unity you will never have force and with unity you can BRICS is controlling the world now because they agree on their common in, in, in what is it uh, agree uh, priorities so I think it is a matter of Africa finally realizing that this possibility is there that we can be one regional block and working towards it and perhaps let's just give credit to Paul Kagame as president of Rwanda and the chairman he's There's one president, Sakina, who does not like postponing things. If you do business with Paul Kagame, you better deliver on your deadline as and when you agreed you would. He doesn't like renegotiating deadlines. So maybe having him as chairman, even though it's just for a short while, would have accelerated this. Because remember, he also talked about the African Union being self-reliant in financing itself. So there are two major, major shifts in how the African Union thinks of itself. But some of it could just be the evolution and the eventual materialization of the vision that the founding fathers of the organization of african unity which became the au head when they started from the very beginning
1: so what exactly did yesterday's uh proceedings yeah. uh conclude was it yeah. just the signing um uh, that speaks to the setting up of the agreement yes what exactly happened it, it's what well,
0: they call it phase one actually so phase one is we are signing this subject to conditions when you're committing a country to a free trade agreement you can't do it until you have You have done everything in detail. So phase one involved, provided we meet the following requirements, is your country in? And the country, the 44 countries said, yes, we are. They must come back home and now negotiate with their own business people. Remember, when you say you want a free trade, you mean country A must give up the customs, whatever they are charging, the tariffs they are charging, imports in return for the bigger, greater good of intra-Africa trade. The problem is for a continent that's only doing 15% of trade with itself. That that's going to be a very unusual thing. And Sakina, the real enemy is not even the tariffs and the customs. It's the poor infrastructure, and the lack of commitment, what we call non-tariff barriers. So if you want to sell something into Tanzania, you might see, hey, they are part of SADC. I should be able to move the goods. But if driving from here, you're going to get into five borders and 16 roadblocks and 20 way bridges, and at every one of those, you are likely to be asked to pay a bribe. It doesn't matter what the free trade agreement says. So the non-tariff barriers are important. You want to get a visa to do business, and the visa office just takes three months. To give you approval I I can tell you this I travel the continent Driving into Swaziland Is not as easy as you'll think If you're carrying anything That you're going to trade Or that might look like you're trading So the ratification is phase one Towards the end They must resolve three or four areas Including how to resolve disputes because there will be disputes. Number two, intellectual property and how to protect them. You say something is made in South Africa, how are you going to make sure it doesn't get violated? His patents don't get violated in Namibia and vice versa. So those are the details that must be resolved, but at least the commitment that the 44 countries will do it is is very promising. The sad thing is that Nigeria yes, apparently did not.
1: Ni- well, so, so what's the story with Nigeria? As yeah. you say, of course, they all now have a duty to go back into yeah. their countries, yeah. their respective you know, sovereign nation states yeah. and consult yes. uh, with their people because some people are asking who was consulted about this when. Yeah. So all of that still needs to happen. Yeah. Okay. But Nigeria, of course, saying that they are still consulting yes. and they haven't signed on even to phase one. Mm-hmm. What are the concerns around that?
0: It, Nigeria Labour Congress, a very, very influential body. Think of it as Kosatu, when Kosatu was powerful, right? very influential in on the political landscape of nigeria generally they determine who becomes president most of the time they endorse people but what they are saying is we are a large economy here and our economy has just entered this growth phase and we are still trying to get echo into place because remember 20 percent of africans are probably nigerian so if you take Nigeria out of the equation, this deal is not going to fly. But the problem is ECOWAS, Economic Community of West African States, which although they have the external tariff agreements in place, they haven't resolved a whole lot of their customs duties. Why? Because they are too diversified. They have French-speaking, Portuguese-speaking, and English-speaking, very scattered all over. On the other hand, you have East African Community, and then you have SADC in this agreement those regional economic blocks played a major role so the reason nigeria is not in can only mean that ecowas has not prioritized this as much as it could have or should have or if they did maybe nigeria was just still preoccupied with dealing with other domestic issues like the boko haram and remember president Buhari was out of office for nearly a year
1: mm.
0: out in america the, in in the uk those are some of the reasons that you can say if you have boko haram And you have oil price tumbling And you have to find additional money to fund your budget And you've got a whole lot of other things That you're dealing with Maybe maybe ECOWAS affairs will not be as much of a priority. I'm speculating, but I imagine knowing Nigeria and where it is in ECOWAS, there's no way it could have failed to consult except if there were more important things at home. But Nigerians, remember, are very influential also. So I don't think anybody likes to be pushed around there. They might just feel maybe ECOWAS did not consult as widely and as thoroughly as it could have. And let's not be fooled. The fact that President Ramaphosa signed, it does not mean Sadek has done his thorough job either. Mm, so I was SADC, that. Exactly. Sadek, try driving up to Zambia and see how easy it is when you move when you move goods. So those are the realities that president ramaphosa will have to come back and deal with and if you listen to his speech it was a typical president ramaphosa the negotiator but he knows that you negotiate a deal and you get the sentiment of the public on board but when you get back home the traders are going to say wait a minute we're getting flooded with things that are coming from china and some of them are coming via tanzania which is a member of SADC. what do you expect us to do so it's when they get to those details that this might slow down a bit but as long as we are headed We agree which way we are headed, it will eventually happen.
1: And I guess the question for all member states, uh, their citizens, of course, would be, so what do we stand to benefit in the broader scheme?
0: Yes, we stand to benefit because if you are selling in Johannesburg, you are better off when you are selling to Johannesburg, Pretoria, the Vale. And you're better off if you're selling in KZN So in the end, the bigger market is like In business, if you take a large Chunk because you're marking up too high Because you're selling two or three items You would rather sell a million And mark up two cents Because then the larger volume Compensates through the uh, the Volume compensates for the margin That you're going to take a knock So a larger market is better, let's get the numbers right Again, for every hundred rand of Trade that's happening in Africa Fifteen rand is among african countries we have 1.2 billion africans so even if you're selling a tub of margarine or a loaf of bread it will be better for the producer of bread anywhere to be able to sell to the rest of the continent without tariffs than we are importing chickens from brazil when we could grow them in the drc and sell them to the rest of the continent so it's a common basic economic sense that if you have a larger market that has less barriers it's a much much better deal And we will create jobs, but yes, we will have to give up the tariffs. The tariffs don't really build on a sustainable basis. We have to build our uh, beneficiation. So if we get the beneficiation right, we start manufacturing with all the minerals we have but we know African countries will buy, their jobs will come.
1: You know what? I'm going to try and bring you back next week, uh, Victor. That's let's right. talk about this at greater length. You know, let, let's unpack yeah. so that by the time government comes, we also have an idea yeah. Yeah. of what exactly this is yes. likely to bring. Yes. So uh, thank you so much for stopping by this Been morning. A pleasure. And that, of course, uh, Victor Swane, I'm sure many of you remember him. Uh, the author of Africa is open for business and hopefully we'll have a further discussion about this next week.